And hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the 54th episode of the Business Transformers Radio. We welcome you. As you can tell, I am not David Collins. Uh, David is off this week. You've got myself, Bill Morrow, and EJ will come uh, with us uh, today. Just the two of us, which I think, EJ, we do a damn fine job. We sure do. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, it's, it's hard sometimes carrying that dead weight of Dave Collins, but uh, we do what we have to do. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but today, uh, today's episode, what we want to chat about is uh, we're going to kind of dive into some skill sets here, uh, and specifically around delivering presentations, proposals, uh, and what that looks like. You know, we've talked a lot, you've heard us talk a lot about making sure you get your clients involved and uh, listening to clients, but there does come a time where you have to not only listen, but you have to present back information. And, uh, and, and the skill sets that go around that are very specialized. And I think some of those skills today have been really ignored and skipped. You hear a lot about sales methodology and a lot about magic words uh, that certain sales groups tell you that they can, they can give you and then you're going to say and that's going to happen. But ultimately, if you're selling a complex B2B sale and you're responding to an RFP or a large uh, opportunity, you're going to be building a presentation. And there's definitely a skill set that goes around that. And uh, like I said, not a lot of uh, folks talking about it, not a lot of people uh, delivering what I would consider good training material around it. So, EJ, what do you, what do you see in around uh, presentations and and uh, what you're seeing out there and the, the job people are doing? You, you, you hit the nail on the head right there, Bill. I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, rightly so, there's a lot of focus on, you know, the questions you ask and the, you know, how you present this and all that different stuff, all those different things. But a lot of times people miss the, the presentation, the opportunity to present is, I mean, you can't, you can, can you train it? Yes. But, but it's one of those things where you, it, it happens. It's for, let me, let me back up a second. Sport, uh, sales is a, is a, is a contact sport. And so you can't, there's only so much you can train or teach without, without going out on the field and practicing. You got to practice and you, you know, you might fall on your face initially but the, the, the idea is when you practice and practice you start to get better you start to get more efficient you, you, you get more confidence that comes out people can feel it but people have a lot of folks have kind of moved away from the training or coaching the fundamentals of of a great presentation mm. and for me it starts with well preparation uh, uh, presentation starts with p but the fundamental p there is practice yeah. You gotta practice. You gotta like I, I on my notes I wrote I wrote preparation, preparation, preparation. So preparation, practice, really the same thing. What do I mean by practice? What do I mean by presentation? By preparation. Well, imagine that you walk into a a uh, an environment. You are a, a, a Mac environment. You, your office is uh, Apple based environment, and you come in all prepared, assuming that you're going to a, a a fellow Mac environment. You get in there, and it's a PC based environment. Yeah. You're, you're basically screwed. <laughs> so, because I mean, I mean, I mean, technology has come so far. You can have some, you know, plugins and stuff that can that can work, but those that will end up taking your time, or it might not work, and then then you're stuck. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm a big proponent of get the high tech and get the low tech, and prepare for worst case scenario. So if worst case, if you know, if you can make the electronic 
stuff work, go on the flip chart if you can. Like whatever the case is, but make sure you you cover you cover your basis 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 in terms of the the uh, the the mode of delivery, how you're going to deliver. Yeah. But also preparation in the sense of practicing what you're going to say, practicing your introduction, practicing preparing your uh, your agenda, uh, in, in role playing with your your colleagues. If you're going with a team of folks, technical folks, you know, VP of sales, you know, whatever supply chain operation, make sure that everyone knows their role in that in in, in the scenario. No, everyone knows their place. Everyone knows what kind of uh, questions they're going to reply to, and you as a salesperson, you're the quarterback, kind of you know passing the ball here and there oh, and yeah. making things happen. But it, you, I see so many people going and just winging it or just, you know, talking over the, no, you, you got to make sure you prepare. And once you prepare ahead of time, that helps you be more efficient in your delivery. I feel like I'm, I'm just going on and on, but I, I, it drives me nuts. When we brought this topic up, I was like, yes, this is great because people are losing, the art of presentation is, is getting lost. And, 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 yeah. and sadly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. You said a couple of things there. One, I love the idea. I, I didn't even think about how important this is, but I got burned uh, two years ago. I walk in to an, uh, a customer who I'm assuming this is a high-tech customer. They've got technology that will allow me to plug in. I can almost plug in anywhere. And they didn't. And here I am with a, with a laptop and 10 people in a room that I'm presenting to, and I got nothing. I, and I so... You know, that's, you know, as silly and simple that is, right, EJ, be prepared that for the, the eventual, uh, eventuality that the technology doesn't exist, that you should have some backup hard copy, maybe some, some, uh, something on a jump drive that you can jump over and move things to. Yeah, what a disaster this was. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at a big company, and I'm really excited about this opportunity. Now, we ended up getting it, but I'll tell you, for 15 minutes, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to present because I had nothing. And uh, everything was dead. So uh, it's really, really true. Make sure that they're there. But then you, you said and, something. And it may not be you. It may not be you. Don't make this cut you shut there. It may not be you. You may, you, may be, you may be all ready. You may have everything. You may even come with your extra thumb drive and all that stuff. But something happens at the client's location. They lose power. Or the yeah. internet goes yeah. off. Or whatever the case may be. The projector blows out. Whatever the case may be. And then now you're, now you're stuck. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 you talk about, you know, I've been in business for, you know, VP of sales for years, but when I came out uh, on my own, you, you forget those skills, right? You, you forget the ability to uh, do some of these things at a ground level. I had a lot more respect after that first six months in the field by myself uh, that for sales again, than I did even, even though I was a VP of sales, I just didn't handle that day to day. It was uh, eye opening. Uh, and the other thing you said that I love and I teach all the time, uh, I'm, I was in a, a company uh, here recently where we were talking about that and how, how important it is. You, you as a salesperson in a complex B2B sale where it's going to require a lot of technical expertise should be bringing along your experts with you, your subject matter experts. I like, depending on the size of the, the bid and all the, the um, size of the people on the other side, I like to bring to sometimes three people, you know, you bring that, that field level person, you bring that, that corporate person that's supporting maybe some sort of other technical expertise that you bring with and your job becomes a quarterback. It's not to deliver the material. I know you can out there. I know salespeople can, but that's not the point. This is all one of my old sales bosses always talked about theater. This is all about theater. 
you as a salesperson, they just won't believe you're just, there's, there's a bit of this person's telling me what I want to hear because they are a salesperson and their goal is to get me sold so they can move on to the next one. And no matter how hard you, you try to get rid of that or, or, or how tough you are at how good you think you are at, at, at creating a relationship that still exists at some level. When you bring in operators that people view as operators you have an opportunity to let them show their their chops and keep things uh, real. Uh, and then whatever they say is going to be accepted twice as much as whatever you said. I always tell people in this scenario, it's better to have a, a bad operator giving uh, information back to a customer than you being super good. Because it's even though they're bad, they're going to be accepted more than somebody that's really good on the sales side it's just way it totally, works totally. yeah that that add, that that gives that level of that gives that extra confidence to this the salesperson would say whatever for the most part you know and the client's always also thinking yeah you're trying to sell me or whatever you say anything but when you had that operator or that you know let's say hr person or whatever the other function is come in and speak to that that concern that builds the customer's confidence and yeah. gives you credibility that, you know, you're bringing people involved. You're bringing other people in the mix. So it's not just you saying things, but these are people, that's what they do. That's what the, you know, that's their focus. And they're answering those, those, uh, those issues or concerns. Yeah. But I think with that too, it, it, it helps to, I mean, it, it, as, a, as a salesperson, this is your opportunity, your deal. So you have to take the, the onus is on you to prep your operator going in. Yeah. I, I've been in situations where I've gone in with, other folks and they we basically lost the deal because of what something that they said yeah. which was out of point you know either, either yeah. i remember this situation where this operator said to talk about one thing and the client said well we have this thing coming in and then he said something counter to and i'm like wait a minute that's not right and he realized it wasn't right but then he already started saying it so he just kept digging the hole i'm like <laughs> Of course we didn't get the deal because the because the client realized, man, you just you just went counter what I wanted, but he he was already going in, and I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my. Yeah. So you want to prep them? Hey, I, I mean, obviously they're not trained sales professionals, but just stick to the script. If they ask you a question, yeah. A respond to A. Don't bring up B or C. Don't bring anything else up. Just respond to A. Yeah, and that's a great point, right? You need to train your operators. If you're a salesperson out there and you're bringing people in, you prep them ahead of time and you train them on how to answer questions. The hardest, the hardest thing, I always laugh at this, they, salespeople get a bad rap that they talk too much, right? Good salespeople don't talk that much. You, EJ, you and I have talked about this a lot. It's not about talking a lot, but you get an operator who is – passionate about what they do inside a customer's site and they ask a question like uh hey so how are you guys today and these guys will will take that how are you and stretch out and answer questions they haven't asked yet i've had to literally kick operators under the table to get them to shut up after four or five minutes of talking yep. nonstop. Yep. it's crazy right yep no absolutely absolutely yes <laughs> So let's let's, um, gears. If, let's yeah. go into that. Let's go. Let's talk a little bit about what happens in those presentations and and what's going on. And and I think we want to start with, in my opinion, structure. You know, we we train structure in uh, every call, every meeting you're having with the customer. And I don't know what happens to salespeople, but they abandon the whole structure piece 
when they get into uh, a presentation. That's not the time to abandon structure. That's the time to have even more structure and more understanding because you have a limited finite amount of time that you have to deliver a message to your customers. So, and you wanna make sure you're delivering the right customers. So I always, 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 in a meeting with a customer, start with agenda, you know, a little bit of fluff, and then we get into agenda right away. This is what I thought we would do today. This is what, we, what I wanna cover with you. Uh, is this what you want to still see from us? And, and start with that, whatever, however that looks like, whatever that is, uh, don't abandon your structure. Do you see that a lot, EJ, where people get into a presentation and just start spewing at customers? See, you know what? I, I don't have any like, scientific proof or data to, 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 to speak to this point, but I imagine, Bill, that if we, if we take a pool of salespeople who are out today, today, this 24 hours of, of the day, going out to have presentations, the percentage of those with agendas would probably be like a low, low 20. I imagine yeah. Yeah. it's it's unfortunate. I've I've been in situations where people come to us to present, and I could tell they have no agenda. Now you don't have to offer say, "Oh, this is my agenda." You don't have to say that. But as a way you can you can start the conversation and give the client, yeah. give the customer yeah. the 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 impression that you have a flow here. You have a, you have a methodology. You have an approach. But when you just come in and you know, I what I what I what I usually what my indicator is usually the like you said the fluff. My indicator is really the small talk. When the small talk goes beyond small talk, I know they don't have an agenda. Now, I yeah. understand you want to have that small talk to get, get comfortable. You ask about, you know, how do you get how I was trapping that. I, I get that. I get, I get that. But that's, that's, that's a small talk for a reason. It should be small talk. It shouldn't take a, percent, a significant percentage of your time. You have 30 yeah. minutes, small talk should be more than three minutes. It, yeah. Three minutes is even stretching it. If you have 20 people, three minutes. Yeah. I, I, so I save my small talk for the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and people think it's crazy, but, but I, it, I, yeah, the introduction is here, but I save my small talk for the end. Like, let's, let me, let's deliver the goods. Let me, let me save you that. Let me, sp let me honor your time and get right into it. Hey, Bill and team, this is why we're here. Does this time still work? Boom. How much time do you have? Boom. Okay, great. Uh, this is why we're here. We're going to do the, da, da, da. How does that sound to you? Good. Boom. And then we deliver the goods and then we can talk. Yeah. That's, that's the way, that's, that's my approach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You sometimes see people get too salesy up front and they've got 30 minutes and they spend the first 10, 15. And again, it seems like people abandon their, their training when they get to these presentations. And then next thing you know, you've got 15 minutes left or 20 minutes left to deliver 30 minutes of material. And it never gets done. It looks like it's rushed and yeah. uh, you, you leave them with a bad taste. Uh, my, and, it, and it might be nerves. It might be nerves. I get that, but but that kind of goes back to the earlier point where if you practice, if you practice and prepare ahead of time, then you, the nerves should should be at a minimum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and along those lines, I th I find it best practice to anticipate the questions that the client's going to ask. If you are a good salesperson, yeah. you've been interacting with these people. And you know what's going on. They pro you should probably have a pretty good idea of what their hot buttons are and their concerns are. Set up some sample questions. You know, you and I, EJ, have done that with groups uh, in an uh, organization you and I worked at together, and it worked really well. We anticipated the questions. We sat down with the operators. We said they're going to ask about this, this, and this. 
how are we going to answer that? Who's going to take those questions? You mentioned that before. So that question kind of falls between two people. Who's going to take that? And when in doubt, look to me, the salesperson, to let you know who's going to take that. I, I will call that out and I will let you know who's going to take that question if we get something we're not anticipating, right? And uh, totally. your point, being prepared and asking those, answering those questions allows them to think through their answers ahead of time because they don't do this all the time. Even us, we'd rather be prepared than try to do something off the cuff. I think all good salespeople can do something off the cuff if necessary. You're just not at your best. You know what, Bill, you said it right. Being prepared, when you're ready, when you're at your game, you can anticipate things kind of going off course. You can anticipate, you know, the, uh, uh, technology not being your favorite. You can anticipate different scenarios, worst and best case scenarios. So yeah. it helps to practice and, and, and be confident, be comfortable and confident. Now, the other piece of my question that you mentioned, I think it's all a, a, a big a big difference to make it's a big deal to have questions as well for the customers. So you're asking them questions and not 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 the sales questions like, or oh, if if we could prove to you how this can lower your 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 downtime, would you buy? Not those kind of questions. Those are cheesy questions. I'm talking about questions like like, do you see how this can impact your business? Like things that they that they can see themselves sure. in the scenario that you presented. Not the salesy ones, but having them be engaging with you and, and, and seeing themselves and seeing the value of what you're presenting and see you as an expert. You know what? I got to work with Bill. I got to work with Egypt. That's what I need in my business. That's the solution that I need right now. The questions that have them be that engaged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Be engaged, get them into it and uh, let them be a part of uh, what you're all, what you're doing. Right. And, uh, and when you can get your customer engaged, you can really do some fantastic things. So I agree. You know what? There's one thing I want to say. I imagine they're about to be about to change course for a minute. But when it comes to bringing other people in the in, in the mix, you, you it helps to set the client up for who all would be the meeting. So for instance, I set up a meeting with a customer, and I say I'm going to be there, and I'm going to come with you know, John, and I'm, if I can do that ahead of time, I'm coming with John because John is my, uh, my HR person. He can speak to our hiring mm -hmm. process and how we vet customers, our vets, our employees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If I can do that ahead of time. Now, let's say for instance, things change and, 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 and last minute I say, oh, John, you got to come to this meeting, you know, part of, my, part of my preparation, I say, it'd be good to have John in this meeting. So now I don't set the client up, but John and I show up. The first thing you want to do is, hey, Bill, this is John. John is my head of HR. I thought it would be nice to have him here because he can speak to our hiring. I see so many times people just show up and, hey, my name is John. Here's my card. Who, who yeah. the hell are you? Why are you, what yeah. are you doing here? So you great, as a salesperson, it, it's great your, that's your practice. team. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a heads up on who you're walking, yeah, who, who you're walking exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It helps, it helps a lot. And then that also helps yeah. them receive that person and have that person feel, feel welcome in their space. Yeah, that's true. Very true. That's a great, great best practice. Um, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Uh, moving along and then a little bit, you know, a couple of best practices within the presentation. Um, you know, and, and this is a skill set, again, that I think as salespeople we take for granted. And it's not something that operators are used to doing. And that's clarifying the question. And as simple as that is, that's a difficult skill if you haven't practiced it, nor understand why you're using it. 
you know, we use it as in sales to slow things down a little bit and to make sure we understand what a customer is asking, even when we think we understand. It's just critical to teach that skill to operators so they don't go, you mentioned earlier, EJ, uh, somebody answers a question and it's the wrong, they're not, they're answering a question that's, that's not the, the question they want answered because they didn't clarify. Uh, it's, it's a skill set that you want to teach your, your uh, operators. And it's a simple thing, right? It's like, a, so the way I'm, I think you're asking, or, you know, rephrasing the question, you can teach them or I, I don't quite follow. You could use a label, right? I don't quite follow. Could you explain that again? I'm not quite following what you're looking for. So simple ways to clarify, I think is so critical. And you see good ones do that really well and others not so well. So, you know, that is a big, that's about half the battle right there, clarifying a question. Someone asks a question, before you give it a response, you clarify it to be sure, first of all, that, that, they, that they are clear on what they're asking. Yeah. And, and that you are also clear on what, what's being asked. Because I'll give an example. Yesterday I had a coaching call with a client of mine, and he asked me a question, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't understand, is it me or is it? And I said to him, it was like, do you get it? I'm like, no, I don't get it. Can you, can you ask the question again? And he asked the question again. And in asking the question, he actually said, well, I think I'm answering my question myself. And I'm like, good, because I didn't get it. But if you get it, that's fine. <laughs> but right there, that was like, that was half the battle. Like, so he asked, he, he got clear on what he was asking. And in the process, he got, oh, I actually know what to do. Like, I, I get it myself. I don't need. You, I get it, but but that came from me asking him to clarify his question to me. Yeah, voila, I didn't have to do anything there. Now that's not being, that's not manipulative anyway. But that's just being. I wanted to be clear what he was asking me, and I wanted him to be clear what he was asking, and yes. the solution came out right there. And so you do that by second nature. You've you've been taught that. You use it all along the way. And as salespeople, we understand that. But you you, you mentioned you, know, you just cringe when somebody starts going down the path the wrong way, and they're too far to kick or or pause I, I will I, I you know I've had a lot of experience doing this when we get into those scenarios and an operator's going down the path I will interrupt them and I tell them ahead of time if I think you're way off pace I'm going to interrupt you and I don't need you to be pissed off at me in the moment be pissed off at me later but I don't want to go down too far so you got that's that QB thing and that's that clarification thing all brought together you got to be able to be strong enough as a salesperson and I'll tell you what I've cut off CEOs of my company you know, multi-billion dollar companies, these are powerful people and they think they know it all when they're in front of a large customer and they happen to be with us and uh, and they, they answer things the wrong way. You've got to be strong enough to mm -hmm. clarify. Good call. Good call. Control, right? yeah. Yeah. The other Good one call. that I think is we, we chatted about, but the skill that you've got to teach people is to be succinct. And that's really hard for operators who are passionate about what they're doing because they want to tell people everything they know. And you want to teach them you don't have to tell people everything you know about a certain topic. They understand you're a smart person. You don't have to get every little detail out. Be succinct and in the moment. You should never talk for more than 30 seconds in a, in a, a, a response. 30 seconds, 45 max. You just can't talk for any more than that. Tough skill, right, to teach uh, operators. <laughs> you know what? I think it's tough even for salespeople. I think yeah. because because it's just I think it's about a nature of human beings. Just just generally, we want to talk. We want to show that we know our stuff. We're good at it. 
you know, our stuff is the best solution, whatever the case may be. And so we, for the most part, want to talk. And a lot of times, I forget the, I forget the saying, but um, I'm going to butcher the saying now, but the point is, you listening, listening a lot of times, asking questions, listening a lot of times gives you more than speaking. I mean, yeah. we know we have two ears to listen and one mouth to speak, but a lot of times we, we, we reverse the, the ratio, the proportion, and speak more than we listen. That doesn't, that doesn't help, especially yeah. when you talk over a client. I, 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 that, that drives me nuts. The client's trying to ask a question or you know, clarify, and you're just talking. Yeah. That, that right there is a turnoff for anybody, anybody, even you or me well, as a consumer. Yeah. And I can bet you that that deal probably is not, not going to happen unless you know, you, you're probably like the only solution out there or the cheaper solution. That's, 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 the, that's the number one deciding factor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, nobody wants to get talked at. And, uh, and I think that's, again, a skill set to teach and to explain that way to an operator. You know, don't talk at people for long periods of time. That's just not what they want. You're not going to say any magic words. It's, everyone thinks they're going to say some magic words to get customers to, to buy. And if they, they just say enough words, uh, that customer's going to buy. And that's just so far from the truth. That's just not what people want. They want to engage. They want, to your point, they want to engage. They want to talk to you. They want to be a part of it. Don't, don't yeah. make it a conversation. Yeah. My, and my last skill that I always teach operators is don't solve for objections that a customer has not voice and, and this is hard for salespeople as well right but you you get into these things and operators just love because they've seen all the problems and the longer you're somewhere the more apt you are to think oh they're asking that question and they really want answers to these three things and that's why you clarify up front and if the customer says i want to know what color you're going to paint the room that you're going to work out of the answer is green or purple or whatever it is. The answer is not, well, I know what your problem is, is we can do brown and we could do black, but and the lighting's costly and you know, you know, you're solving objections that weren't objections. What you're doing is giving ammunition to a customer or doubt to a customer, I guess is a better word, to not choose your solution because now you just added a whole bunch of different things that probably aren't gonna be an issue now they're thinking about those and now it becomes a really tough decision whether or not we go with you or we just stay with status quo. So that, you know, that, that is, I, I think, I think my very first sales training years ago, that was, that was brought up and it's still being discussed today. It is a problem. Yeah. It is a problem. And I think partly because people don't listen, they assume they know it all. They want to talk. I think it's all of those things, all of that, all of, that's like a period of the issues that make for that to happen where the customer asks, asks or speaks to one concern or objection and you don't necessarily, you might address it, but sometimes don't address it, but bring up three other objections and the customer's like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Now it's in my head. Yeah. I got to do with it. It's <laughs> unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I don't know why. I mean, like I'm, talking, I'm talking about years ago, my first training, and today it's still being discussed. It's a yeah. I always cringe when you, you're somewhere and, and either a salesperson or a, uh, an operator brings up like three things that you should be concerned about. Well, I know you asked me about that, but let me tell you about these three yeah. things. That let me really, tell you about this <laughs> when we try to implement, these things are really difficult that you're really going to have to look out for. You're probably not going to get past them. It's oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh my. Answer well, the question. I, I know we 
Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I know you have a, you have a, we have a hard stop, but a couple of things there. I think, unfortunately, I hear a lot of people lately. I don't know why, like why it's all of a sudden I, I'm getting this, uh, run into this scenario where, and it doesn't matter the service. I, you know, I met a guy last week who offers video services. I met a construction guy uh, two days ago, who, you know, does construction work. I met, you know, I met different people, uh, interior decorator, different people, and somewhere early in the conversation, they start off with. Well, I'm not the cheapest person out there. I'm not the cheap. I don't. I'm like, okay. Like, why does I have to? We're not. We're not even. We're not even there yet. We're, we haven't yeah. gone to the money part. Why yeah. are you leading with that? That's why you're already putting that in my head as an objection that I didn't even think about. I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to. Uh, um. I want to call screen. You want to. You know, get comfortable with you and people want to do work with you. And all of a sudden now you're bringing. Oh, money might be a concern now. So. As much as possible, don't bring that up until you get to a point where it, it's brought up. Like, let the client ask, so how much do you typically charge, or how much would this cost? Give me an idea, whatever the case may be. But I met a guy who does interior uh, Christmas lights last week. Same thing. Well, I'm not yeah. the cheapest guy. I'm, not the che- I'm like, uh, I don't need to know that now. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a bad sales training and i won't name names but you know that's that comes directly out of a poor sales training course that hasn't been updated in 30 years you know it's too they call it qualification it's not qualifying and and i agree you do want to qualify know if a customer can afford your solution but you lead with that and you're saying i'm expensive and yeah exactly disqualifying customers that could be good customers don't lead with that. Lead with understanding what the customer needs and wants are. What, what are they trying to accomplish? If they bring up price six times in the first uh, first meeting, you know, that's where you dive in and, and yeah, you, yeah, you exactly. understand what they're looking to do. Where, where are you trying to go? Well, how do you want to try to uh, to build that up? So, yeah, I agree. Oh, boy. That's, a, that's a crazy oh, boy. one. Yeah. And, and my last point here, I have, I have a note that I wanted to just speak to this point. You know, we talked about knowing your customer. We, we talked about that in you know many different episodes about researching and understanding how, what the customer deals with and how they buy. We, we talked about knowing your customer. Yeah. But I, I want to give an example of 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 one of. I worked with a company where the COO went on a sales call. And we we preached knowing your customer, but he made a mistake that even that what I heard, I just thought to myself he is so dumb. And, and I, I mean, if I, if I see him today, I could tell his face. That was a dumb move. And let me tell you what happened. So he, he, they had a meeting. He had a meeting with, and this is one of those things where he, somebody set up a meeting with Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola company. He went, up, he, he went on that meeting. Like he said, oh, I'm going to do that meeting. So he, you know, went, as a big guy, you know, oh, he went to the, to, the, to, the, to the meeting. Coca-Cola company. He walked in with a cup of Starbucks coffee in his hand. Uh-huh. And the and, and the, the, the the guy he was meeting with, like maybe the CEO or fellow CEO of Coca-Cola, whoever it was at the CEO of Coca-Cola, said to him, That's my competition. <laughs> and I thought to myself, of course, like how would you go but first of all, why would you go into a meeting with a couple of Starbucks? You're trying to show that you're you're trying to show that I'm cool, I drink Starbucks, is that is that the point? <laughs> or they don't have any refreshments for me? Like I didn't I didn't get the logic there. And right yeah. away he threw in the trash. But I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you get that deal. You walk into you. You didn't even live in your car. You live yeah. in the parking lot. 
you walked into his office. You didn't live in the reception. You walk into his office with a couple of Starbucks. Well, why? Makes no sense. First of all, you didn't yeah. even know that that was that. First of all, that's that's not right. That's not cool. Yeah, you don't if you, if do you, that you anyway, ask for right? water, ask for coffee. Yeah, don't yeah. do. Don't bring your own coffee to someone's house. You don't do that. You, I don't yeah. bring tea to your office. <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah, you don't. But, but that's also knowing your customer. Knowing if he knew, if he had done the proper work. To, I mean, that's not even much research. But just knowing it's Coca-Cola company. Go in with a bottle of bottle of Coke. Go in with a bottle of Sprite. Something. Yeah. Walk in with a smile. <laughs> leave the drinks in the car. Yeah. Exactly. You do that a lot now, though. You oh, do really see a lot of people making that faux pas, I'm, and I really think that's a manners thing. You don't, you don't, like you said, you don't walk into somebody's house with uh, something to drink. You just, you, you don't yeah. do that. It just. But again, I think you're you're right. You're seeing that a lot more where some of the common courtesies and some of the basics people don't uh, don't do. It's just it's sad mm-hmm. to see, but they don't get it. Well, you know, we're, we're out of time. Uh, we had a, I mean, I, I love this conversation and this is one that's near and dear to me because I happen to be doing several right now with customers and, uh, working with them and, and, and it's something that I've had to learn on my end as well recently. So, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I think it was a great conversation and, uh, we look forward to having you on the next one. Thank you, EJ. It was, uh, entertaining. Like I said, you know, I, I just don't think we need Dave. Maybe we have to have a conversation with him. <laughs> oh, man. Like well, he'll said, be back next week. <laughs> he'll be back. I'm kidding. He'll be back. We're going to look forward to having him back and uh, learning more and bringing his insight as well. Uh, we would have loved to have him on this one, but uh, we'll catch up with him next time. So we thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you on the next one. Thanks.